Here we go, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, today, we're doing a little format reboot, and it's going to stay this way. So we'll get the adsy stuff out of the way first. Um, check out AboveAverageLeadership.com. That is, that is the site. And in fact, if you want to see the blog post that inspired this episode, click on blog. It's going to be under the same title, Toxic Leadership, the uh, Corporate Insurgency. So anyway, episode reboot, AboveAverageLeadership.com. Do it. Do it now. Episode reboot. So today we're going to go with the old format that works somewhere else. And I'm going to introduce my lovely wife, Jessie. Hello. And so Jessie is now going to accompany me on the, the road to leadership excellence. And we are going to have discussions because I feel like discussion-based podcasts are better. I do as well. All right. So you've had a chance to read the blog. Yes. So you kind of know the general feel for that that piece that I wrote. So corporate leadership or corporate insurgency is kind of, I know it was kind of pointed, right? Right. Some, it needs to be. Some people found the title a little off putting. Um, (laughs) And I, I will say, I think the people who felt that way might be part of the problem. I agree. Um, But it's a fact. And so I guess, you know, if you haven't read it yet, still read it, but we'll, I'll give you a synopsis. Um, Basically it, it is the common enemy. Toxic leadership is the common enemy, whether or not you're day one employee or you're the CEO of a company. Like you're, you're the bookends, right? You're right. the new guy. I'm the guy who runs things. And in between you, right, right, is unfortunately some good leadership, but a lot of toxic leadership. Yes. And I think there's a lot of unknowingly toxic leadership, whether it's because there's not... They haven't been mentored in a way that let them be able to express that to other people or it's out of laziness or I mean, there's a lot of a lot of places that this toxic leadership can start. Right. And part of that was, you know, that's why I drew the correlation with insurgencies, because what happens with an insurgency is you're ultimately indoctrinated into their way of thinking. Right. And so, unfortunately, with toxic leadership, what happens a lot of times is, you know, that day one person who aspires to lead sees that as their example. And then it's this cyclic perpetual state of toxicity that it's very hard to combat once it gets a hold in something. Right. Well, and you see that this is just the way that it's done. So if you if you came in with a higher standard or an idea but you see that it's only being done a certain way, it's real easy to let your aspiration of being a great leader start to get chipped away at. Particularly when you've got no no counterpoint, no example of what it should be. Right. <laughs> and and so and where where it really gets things screwy is because, you know, on one end of the spectrum you've got the head of the company, whatever it is, CEO, CEO whatever they whatever they identify right, as whatever. founder. Yeah, whatever their title is. Um, and I, I can tell you based off my experience, and I know you've seen this in organizations you've been a part of, or at least you know people who are part of it, right. that that person generally has everyone's best interest at heart. So right. like any of the the core values or or ways of doing business that are espoused by the company, like big umbrella of company, yes. 
are are truisms for that person. Like they really believe in you know yes. whatever it it's is. It's a genuine belief. And and so the disconnect is the toxic leaders in between the espousing of those values and the application. Right. So for example, you know, if, if at that higher level of leadership, you know, they're saying, Hey, we're going to make this system change. And, and the, the root for the root cause for that system change, their whole purpose behind it is to simplify the process, to make it easier on the individual doer. Right. That is a great reason to change something. Yes. But what happens is this great idea from the top of the heap, like the top of the ladder, goes down 15 rungs of toxicity. And by the time it gets translated to the doer, it's here's some here's some stuff from corporate that we have to get done. We have to do. And we have to learn this. And what a pain. And so when it hits the ear of the doer, that day one person. They're already disenfranchised with the idea because the presentation of it has already been in a negative way. Right. It's already. Oh, and, and, so, <laughs> and again, to. going back to the verbiage of insurgency, another key thing that insurgents like to do is like to undermine the current leadership. Right. And, and be liked through aggression, not through example. Right. And so if my first, my first, like, exposure to this corporate leadership and you can't see them, but there's huge air quotes around corporate (laughs) because that gets thrown around like a bad word. Yes. And so their first exposure to this corporate leadership is given to them as a, an arduous task that's not necessary and only there to make their lives more difficult rather than where it started something designed to streamline the process and make your life easier. Right get through whatever the work is more quickly, more easily, more effectively. Now all of a sudden it's just a pain. And so what happens if you, if you are new or newish and you're exposed to that sort of leadership, you automatically equate corporate <laughs> with bad. With the right, with the bad guys. <laughs> and that again is another key component to an uncertainty is it you have to, they, for an uncertainty to succeed, they have to create a us versus them mentality. Right. And so any good insurgent knows the first thing you've got to do is be liked because you hate them. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Link up with me because we have a common enemy of, right. of whoever, in this case of, you know, they're making it out to be of corporate. Sure. Even though that's not really the case. And they're the bad guys and they want to oppress. They want to keep you. Right. You know, but the reality is, you know, a good leader would would take that task that was being pushed down and take ownership of it. Number one, right? Because you have to take ownership. You have to make that task your own. Yes. And here's where you start selling the task is by doing it yourself. Right. Actually knowing how it's going to work. And because you've taken the time to do the process inside and out, you've done your best to break it right. because <laughs> I promise you that's what they're going to do. Right. But then you already are able to explain the pitfalls. Exactly. And so then you can go, Hey, look, I've, I've been monkeying with this thing for three days. Right. There are some stuff that we're going to run into. That's a problem, but here's a workaround that I figured out. And I, and so that good leader is going to then empower their people to execute the task all the while keeping the messaging of this is going to make our lives easier if we get it right. Right. If we learn this new thing, and over the next few days, the future is going to be much 
much easier, run more smoothly because we've taken this on. And like that, that one example, unfortunately, is at the micro level of where this toxic leadership is and influences right. every, I mean, look, I'll be candid. It's not just companies. You know, this is any established organization with a leadership hierarchy yes. that there is going to be toxicity in there. Right. And so what ends up happening then, if you, let's say you're that resilient employee or resilient association member, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and you look at this person, you can identify they're a toxic leader. And you go, you know what? I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to try and be the good person. You might get yourself to their same level. Mm -hmm. But what's going to happen <laughs> is that next level toxic leader is going to see you. Right. And they're going to they're going to stop you in your tracks. Right. There's something about the, the Sally Sunshine <laughs> person that feels very threatening to, to that toxic leadership when someone just is has a good natured outlook and decides whatever it is, we're going to attack it with a good attitude and do our best is threatening to someone who is always rolling their eyes and feels that, that power of just do it. Cause I said, well, and, and the real threat for those people, the why, the why behind them feeling threatened is because that person who's now a good leader, is going to really quickly snatch the loyalty of their people away from them. Right. Because, you know, look, it's, it's easy to get blinders on as a doer, mm -hmm. as the, the functioning cog in the machine per se. Right. And you just start going through the motions, right. you know? And so maybe that toxic leader doesn't affect you in a negative way, or at least you don't think it does. But the second a good leader comes along and shows you, how it's supposed to happen. Right. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is like people are people and human nature is, you know, I want the better. Yes. I want the nice. I want the effective. Right. And that's why they don't like that person because that person is doing it the right way. <laughs> right. And now all the people are seeing how mismanaged it's been under them. Right. Because they're all getting this breath of fresh air and it's like, Oh, well, this is totally doable. It's like being the fifth in line for Jim Jones Kool-Aid. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second. Right. I'm not sure we're drinking something good here. I know. First three are looking a little pale. You know, if any other one stepped up and Jim would have been like, shut up. You would have gotten real <laughs> upset. Right. But that's, I mean, and that's, you know, we'll go back to my experience with insurgencies. I saw it happen. Yeah. Because initially us going into wherever it was to fight whatever insurgency that had taken hold in that community. We are the bad guy to everyone right. when we show up. Right. Whether right. it's you're infiltrating. Right. Their, their whether it's the real bad guys, whether it's the people that have drank their Kool-Aid, whoever it was, we're the bad guys. Right. And so of course, initially it's kind of ugly. Right. We're not getting along with anyone too well. Right. <laughs> because they're so accustomed to the way the insurgency ran business. Right. And we're upsetting the balance. Mm -hmm. We're in there making things different and change is scary to anyone, no matter what they say. But, and you know, sometimes it was a quick turnaround. Sometimes within three days, you know, we've got backup. Right. Sometimes it takes two weeks. Sometimes, I mean, shoot, three months. Yeah. But nine times out of 10, if we stayed diligent, if we stayed the course and trying to do things the right way. So instead of like, 
you know, for that example, instead of public executions, right. <laughs> we went with giving people water. You know, <laughs> instead of fulfilling, stoning them. Right. Fulfilling some of their basic needs. We tossed them MREs. <laughs> right. So, but because of that, over time, they go, wait a minute, these guys aren't trying to buy us. Right. They're really trying to improve it. Really trying to help. And then they start seeing, you know, a school being built or electricity to a neighborhood or clean water. And they're like, hold on. Right. We've been drinking some funky Kool-Aid this whole time and didn't realize it. Right. Right. We, we didn't know how bad it was until we saw how it could be. And so then that is the really tough part of rooting out the insurgency comes then. Once you start to turn their loyalty mm-hmm. towards the right way, that's when the insurgency, like it's been quiet. They've been watching. They've mm-hmm. not been doing anything. That's when they're going to fire on all cylinders. Yeah. I mean, then they are going to outlandishly so. And so in a combat environment, now, you know, a quiet neighborhood, you're hitting a complex ambush mm-hmm. or there's Daisy Chain 155 IEDs all of a sudden. Where did that come from? Jeez. You know, things are getting squirrely on a daily basis. And in the corporate sector, what I've seen and I've experienced <laughs> is like people just making up lies about you. Right. Which is horrible. And I'm here to tell you, people are not great all the time. No. I love people. <laughs> right. But. You know, when they when they feel threatened, when that right. toxic leader gets backed into that corner and their power base is dissolving around them, and now people are starting to see through the way they do business, they they're a right. cornered animal. Right. They're grasped at anything to try and take the focus off where their shortcomings have been and turn it around. I mean, look, and I'm not gonna say any names. Right, no. But in the recent past, yes. There was one such toxic leader that I had encountered yes. who did not like me at all, <laughs> right. but didn't like me because I was mean, didn't like me because I was nasty to anyone, didn't like me because everyone else liked everyone me. else liked you. Right. And this, and it felt threatening, but the, the reason, so here's, but here's what's was, so, here's what's so strange about the psychology of toxic leaderships <laughs> too, right. is that they feel threatened. Because you want everyone to win. Right. And that that negates their power. Their power is authoritarian. Right. It's not leader driven. Right. <laughs> like they're not there to lead anyone. They're right. there to impose their will and make you do their bidding. Right. You know? And they'll they will grace you with something kind to string you along and make you keep going. For a time. Right. But but that's kind of the that model is if they see that maybe there's starting to be some dissension, they do something nice and everyone's kind of like, oh, well, okay. And everybody gets back to, you know, keeping their head down and just doing what they're told. And, you know, it, what the, the nice things they do are, unfortunately, most of the time, a detriment to everyone. Right. So like this individual in particular, their nice thing was like, they wouldn't dock you if you came back from lunch an hour late. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, while it's nice to be able to do what you want, Right. You're hurting everyone involved by doing that. That's a problem. Now other people are missing their lunches. And the really crazy thing about it is, you know, people like that, this one included, if if ever they were approached with, why isn't this done? Well, and immediately throwing that person under the bus, they took a two-hour lunch. Right. So-and-so didn't show back up. And so it's, it's, and that's when they, you know, so after the, the tide starts turning and people start seeing... Okay, there's a better way. 
I mean, they'll make up crazy stuff. They, they will. It's not even in the realm of truth at all. Right. They'll make up just crazy nonsense. Right. Just blatant lies. To try and undermine this new leadership. Right. Um, and so the, it's one of those points as a, as a genuine leader, like if you really care, where you have to take a little personal inventory. Right. And you have to go, okay, you know, like, do I stoop to this level? <laughs> do I do I even acknowledge it? Right. Which is the thing is that you have to also recognize that that's a difficult place to be in for the good leader because your initial instinct is to stoop sometimes, <laughs> even though that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Right. But there's something blatantly untrue being said about you. It is a skill you have to develop to not just fire back. And you know me. Yes. And and I have what we <laughs> I have known. we affectionately refer to as Batman jeans. Yes. And what that means for all the listeners is I love justice. Justice. I have to have right. justice. As long as it's fair. Right. Even if you're the one that ends up on the chopping block, if it's fair, it's acceptable. Yeah. My justice is married up with honesty to a fault. Yeah. Like I will jump under the bus myself if I'm wrong. <laughs> right. To make sure everything is right. Um, and so that's where the, the conflict comes in for me a lot of times, because I, I want it to be right. right and lying about someone, me or anyone else that's wrong, but to maintain your position as the, the genuine leader that you want to be, Correct. <laughs> you cannot lash out in retaliation. No, no. And, but it, that is, that's what I was saying is like, that is a skill that you have to develop that being able to almost step outside yourself and look at the situation before you decide to do anything. And sometimes you have to do it so quickly because you're forced into this moment where this is it. Do you stoop or do you rise above it? Right. And you know, in this particular instance, like when it comes to someone just fabricating lies about you, right. When someone comes to you, all you got to do is say, that's not true. That's not true. And, and move on, you know, and the reality is if it's not true, Offer up key witnesses when right. someone comes to you, but you can go ask anybody. Right. That's and not true. That's usually the case is that you could ask anybody. Anybody. And they will all give you the same answer. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. And this, this is just one example, right? right? That's, that's the best case scenario. When people start realizing the difference mm-hmm. and start following the good, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a backlash from the, the toxic leader. Right. It just means that, you know, you got to stay the course. Right. And if the majority are, are following along, the things that need to be accomplished are still going to be accomplished. And in the end, a lot of times that toxic person will, will come around. Right. And, and so that's going to lead me kind of to the next talking point mm. is because you, you know, we had talked at the top of it about like people who don't know any better. Right. And I've encountered folks like that too. They make it to whatever level of leadership and they had no idea they were doing it wrong. Right. And it happens. And it's it's crazy because you know, no one likes to be told you're doing things wrong. No. It's a a, a common thing to like kind of rebel against that idea, get mad, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, stew in it for a bit, yell, who who knows what right. your reaction is, whatever but no one has no reaction to being told they're wrong, even if it's immediate ownership of yes, you're right. right. You know. Um and, I, you know, I've encountered people who they get to a certain level of leadership and you come in doing it right. 
And the second you point to them, hey, that's wrong. I mean, they're really defensive. Mm -hmm. And and I've heard people say that, you know, talking about the people they lead, Mm -hmm. that they don't owe them anything. (laughs) And, you know, that person and I went on to to iron everything out and it was great. But in the moment, and that's the thing, like everything worked out between in that leadership environment, everything buffed out just fine. And so that gives you hope that, you know, right. Absolutely. No matter what side of it, if you're the one who's wrong or the one who's pointed out the wrong, you're both not beyond the situation being redeemed. Right. But in the moment they were very agitated. Mm -hmm. And when I heard, I don't owe them anything. That to me was the first, like, this person's toxic. Right. Oh, okay. You're shedding some light on why you are the way you are. Now, what's crazy is that this person wasn't fully aware of the impact they were having on the people they led. Right. What's more (laughs) is the people they led didn't realize it was wrong either. Right. (laughs) I mean, the group as a whole thought, Everything's fine. That's just the way it is. And that's how we do it. And and honestly, in that particular situation, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I was the one to go, no, it's not. <laughs> this is not okay. That's not how this works. <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you talking about? Right. And then I get the other answer that I, I just, it hurts every fiber of my being. <laughs> We've always done it that way. <laughs> my goodness. If there is not, if that is the biggest out to toxicity. Yeah. We've always done it that way. We've always done it this way. Like, if you're not toxic, you're lazy. Right. I mean, honestly. Yeah. If you don't have, you know, ill intentions, then you're just lazy. <laughs> I'm not trying to be, you know. No, no, it's not supposed super to be aggro. Mean, but it's or just hurtful. a fact. Like, if you can, if you can live with something being broken. And not have a desire to fix it. Like that's, you're missing something human there, I think. Because mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe in my deepest heart of hearts that every human being on the planet has the desire to achieve great things. Yes. Now, I, you know, I'm not saying you're going to. Right. Not in, everybody's going to Hollywood. Right. Not, whatever, you know. Right. But I think everyone wants to do their very best in whatever they're doing. Right. And so when I hear it's how we've always done it, that to me is like something, one of your switches didn't flip right. when you when you woke up to human this morning. Right. And it could be a lot of things that didn't flip. It could just be a genuinely kind of lazy switch. It could be a fear-based switch. Well, if I try to implement something and it doesn't work, then I'll be in trouble or... You know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, so I'm just going to keep doing it the way we do it because it's working-ish. Right. <laughs> and you know what, though? Like, that is also a result of toxic leadership. If you're afraid to, to If you're afraid to toes, say something. Um, you know, my first unit in the military, you remember it very well because yes. it was your first unit in the military, too. <laughs> That's right. But we were very fortunate. Yeah. Um, it was a, a totally new concept, something the military had never done before. We were the first ones to try this. And no one, like from our brigade commander down to this crazy little private, <laughs> had a clue 
how to implement what the army was telling us to do right. because it had never been done. Right. And so every time we went to the woods, when we went to NTC, went to JRTC, anytime we went out and trained, we made it up as we went along. Right. We tried to break things, you know, not intentionally, <laughs> yeah. right. but we pushed everything to the limits to the of limits. its capabilities. And when it broke, we go, can't do that. Can't. Write can't. it down. <laughs> right. Make a note. <laughs> and, and because of that, it created the perfect storm for growth right. because, you know, we had day one privates like me mm-hmm. saying, because they go, there's no rules. We don't know how to do it. Figure it out. Just figure it out. And because of that, I felt free to go, you know what? I have an idea. Exactly. And my leadership, they go, well, we don't know. So let's give it a shot. Right. Let's try your idea. Cause I don't have any good ones yet. <laughs> and Almost the entire, like this concept is still in effect in the military today. Yes. It is one of the most wildly successful brigade combat teams ever in the history of the military. My first deployment, we did something unheard of. (laughs) I mean, it was the first of its kind and the most successful force during the invasion. Right. No one can do that, but we did. We were an expeditionary unit on top of it. Right. Right. And wildly successful. Right. Like we set records and had an entire country fear us right. on an untested platform. Yeah. But we did that because we listened to everyone. Everyone's idea how to make something better was valid. Right. And because we had good open leadership, that was achieved. If we had toxic leaders in that environment, we would have failed miserably. It would have been a very different experience. I mean, the history books would say much different things about how it all happened. And, you know, everything matters. Everything matters. And that's why, you know, I learned that so young in, yes. in my trajectory towards leadership. Right. That I never let it go. No. I mean, one well, of, go ahead. It, I mean, it, part of, you know, being listened to makes you feel valued. And when you feel valued, you are willing to pour more of yourself into something and you're willing to give up. You're willing to sacrifice some things for the greater good, which is what makes a good organization become a great organization. Right. When all of the people have those, you know, same desires, you transcend just average. And what you said about ownership is dead on. I mean, you know, like you you generate so much buy-in from the individual right. when their ideas are valid. Right. And Every single unit I served in since then and every civilian occupation I've ever had, it was always look like because be honest, as a leader, sometimes you get like zeroed in on the end state. Right. The mission accomplishment is what you care about. Right. And a lot of times you'll miss the forest for the trees when it comes to the details. Right. Right, because some, I mean, for a lot of different reasons, depending on what the scene is, you may be in a different location than where the other people are working on things. You may be in the same location, but your focus is in a completely different area. So you're, you're missing out on some of it. And if you don't listen, you're not going to make progress. And that's why I told everyone like, Hey, look, like if you see a better way to do something, tell me and let's try it. Right. And the other thing is this, you know, I, every human does what they're comfortable with. Right. And so my way of doing a task mm-hmm. was my way of doing a task. Right. And if you're, if you're comfortable as a leader to tell your people, Hey, look, here's my way of doing it. Give them an example to mm-hmm. follow 
and then go further and say, if you've got a better way to reach the same goal, right. that, you know, it saves time, it saves hassle, it saves money. Right. Let me know. <laughs> go for it. I'm all about it. Right. And we'll, or, and we'll change the whole world based off your idea. Right. Or if it's just a little change that when they do something, they do it the way that's most comfortable for them. It gets to the same end state and there's nothing else that's affected. Then it doesn't make any difference if you want to lay your stuff flipping everything right. to the right and they want to do it flipping it to the left. It doesn't make doesn't any matter. difference because you're still getting to the same end state. Everyone's happy. And you're accomplishing the goal. But, you know, back to the whole point, a toxic leader will never do that. No, no, you would. I mean, a toxic leader would never relinquish the power to say they're going to they're going to harp on wrong. process, <laughs> process, process, process. Right. And the reason they do that is is twofold. One, you know, if we're being candid, they're not innovative enough to think of a better right. way. That's, that would take too much say, work. The creativity is lacking. They don't they don't come to work. They come to manage, right. and that's not the same thing. No, not at all. Work could improve things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Management stays the same. Stays. Um, so they don't show up to lead. The other thing is they would have to give credit to somebody, right? If it works, <laughs> right? Which, in their mind, totally takes the spotlight off them. Which is so backwards. Right. That thought is so backwards. I mean, we could have a whole other conversation about that. Yeah. But look, like, and I, I say it constantly, but as a leader, you need to take all the blame <laughs> and give away all the credit. It's the only way it works. Yes. The, and the thing about that is when you take all the blame, everyone knows it is impossible for one person to have done all the jobs that came together to make this one thing succeed or fail. Right. And when you give away all the credit, Everyone also knows it's impossible for you to have been the one person to achieve this completely on their own. So giving away all the credit is not really taking anything away from you. You're just acknowledging the fact that this job has to be done as a group. Well, and that's, you know, and one of the other things that I say a lot, and it's, it's just drilled into you in the military as for a leader is that your, your folks, mm -hmm whether, you know, for us, it was soldiers, but wherever you are, wherever right. you lead, they are a direct reflection of your leadership. Right. And so if you inculcate that mindset into what you do, their wins are your wins. Right. Exactly. They only won because of your leadership. Exactly. And that's the part that people, they, people hear me say, take all the blame and give away all the credit. Right. And they, they miss the point. Right. Because people want to finger point. Well, it failed because of whoever. Right. But here's the reality of that whole finger pointing mindset is that I'm not going to do the cliche three pointing back at you. I'm just going to tell you <laughs> the, the truth about it is that they only failed because of your lack of planning. Right. Now, look, there's going to be times where things fail no matter how well you plan. Right. You still need to own that and quantify the why. Right. Like if I ever fell short on something. I'm up front with it. Like, that's the first thing we're going to talk about mm -hmm. if I fall short. I'm not going to tell you all the great things I did. Right. I'm going to tell you all the things that fell short first. And then I'm going to smooth that out with all the things I did. Right. Do. But I'm, I'm going to tell you <laughs> where we fell short, why we fell short, what we learned, what we're going to do next time to make it better. Right. And here's what we did get accomplished. Right. And if you can pitch that to your next level leadership, you're a winner. Absolutely.
because you've, you've done all the steps that they need to do with you for them. So you're you're ready to for you to just walk out of the office and right. have a nice day. You just saved yourself a 20 minute conversation. Right. <laughs> I mean, really. Right. Because if you don't do it that way, if you blame everyone else for why it didn't work, then they're going to want to sit you down and talk to you about, well, why did it? Why did so and so not get that done? Or why, you know, if you if you're a connected leader, if you're doing it the right way, you're going to know why right. before you're going to know why as it happens, you're going to know why before it happens. Right. Like if you're really planning, if you're really going to lead that time, you're going to know what's going to fail before you even hit go on. It. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I'd sit through an op order. Right. And then I go and brief my team. I'm like, OK, here's the plan. <laughs> and here's the things that aren't going to work right. right. So we need to be prepared to do this, this, and this instead. Right. And because of that, we succeeded in our mission because we knew what was going to fail. Right. I, I mean, which is the complete goal of the whole thing is, is just being able to identify this is a pitfall. This is going to be an easy win. This is going to, this is going to be a challenge. And then you string it all together get the best outcome because if you're the thing is it's not planning to fail no that's where people get mixed up on that bit right you're not planning to fail you're planning for contingencies right and so right. There's, a, there's a massive difference right which is a necessary thing particularly like in you know in the corporate world if you're relying on people who are you know they work certain hours or or whatever maybe they're sick maybe their car right. broke down i mean there are some going to be times people call in and you're not going to have the same numbers of people or someone who's the expert on whatever. But if you've been doing it right, everyone should be able to hop on that task. Right. You know, then you can mix around and cover down and, and planning to fail. You know that I'm going to I'm going to say it and then I'm going to stop myself because it, it would get me started on a tangent. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> planning to fail is a direct result of a catastrophizing mindset. Yes. Because catastrophizing stops you from taking appropriate action. Right. Contingency planning is the result of a resilient mindset. Right. Where tells you. you identify problems, you set left and right limits, and you take appropriate action on what you can do. And I will go into depth on that on another show. Yes. <laughs> because that's like an hour in itself. Right. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll try and wrap it up. Right. Um, Somehow or another, we got a Jim Jones reference in there, so I'm proud of that. <laughs> and look, probably like if you were going to make a list of toxic leaders, yeah, literally and figuratively at the top of the list. <laughs> um, but here's the deal: like, look, no one you you could ask a hundred people who spent their entire lives in the corporate sector. Name name a manager. And they're going to go, uh, if you, Hey, name your favorite leader. Right. It's a very different, it's a question. different thing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you want to be a leader. And so toxicity has no place in being a successful leader. Right. Another thing is if you're at the very top of an organization, if you're mm -hmm. the CEO and you're wondering why things are broken at the lowest level right. or at the middle level or at right up beneath you level, I'd be willing to bet you've got some toxic leadership between you and your message. Yes. And if you're new to whatever organization and you hear those little keywords of corporate, this corporate, that I hate to tell you this, and you might like the way they dress, 
<laughs> but that's a toxic leader. Yeah. Because they are not doing what the first step of any true leader is to take ownership. Right. Take ownership of the direction you're given. So if you're at the top, keep your eyes peeled. Right. <laughs> if you're at the lower level, keep your eyes peeled. Because yeah. the end state, if you're just starting out, you better aspire to be the guy who runs the whole thing. Right. And, and don't develop a chip on your shoulder because you have come in contact with toxic leaders because you don't have to do it that way. No. And the reality is, you know, we could probably expound on this for another 30 minutes, <laughs> but I can tell you that I learned so much of what not to do yes. by watching toxic leaders. And when it comes to like building your leadership skill set mm -hmm. and really honing how you're going to do things, right. seeing those bad examples is invaluable. Right. Having a list of I'm never going to do that is, is as important as all of the things and goals and dreams you want to achieve as the leader. Now it's unfortunate that you have to sit there helplessly watch the fallout from something yes, that you can't control. Exactly. But you can always tell yourself, I'm never going to do it that way. Like you and I could sit here and reminisce oh, yeah. when I was 20. Right. Making my list of, I'm never going to do this, right. you know? And the, the crazy thing though, it, that for whatever reason, it makes me think, of being a parent and it's like before we had kids we would see parents and it would be like oh well i'm never going to do that but then you become a parent and and you do realize oh there is that's a necessary thing so right. there are things that you learn along the way that you may not agree with initially or that rub you the wrong way but as you're moving up you realize that is a necessary part of leadership and i think the biggest one you know, if we want to boil it down to just one thing that I took away from toxic leaders of the past that I said I'd never do, it it really directly reflected the how they treated people. Yes, that that's has always been. And that's, you know, that's generally a key indicator of a toxic leader. Like if they treat you like less than them right. because of their position. Right. That's a, I mean, that's probably just a toxic human being, to be honest right. with you. Right. So to have the view that a person is disposable regardless of the position they hold. Right. Is, that is an unacceptable. It's just so, I mean, way to live. You, you know how I've led. Right. It's just so forward and gross to me. Yeah. And it's so counterintuitive and very counterproductive. Right. I mean, the results you get from peopling with other people right. rather than being a tyrannical dictator. Right. It's wildly different. Right. I mean, just, just being a genuine, honest compassionate person goes a long way when you find yourself in a leadership position that maybe you're not even necessarily think that you're prepared for just having those qualities when you when you show up at the meeting right. <laughs> makes a huge difference because people go oh well that's relatable i can understand and let's let's all band together and make this the best we can right <laughs> so Toxic leadership, right. corporate insurgency. I, <laughs> you know, it for me it mirrors it a hundred percent. Yes, like just how the two function. So interesting. I mean, it's a fascinating correlation between between the two. So at any rate, if you want to read the blog that inspired this little episode, go to aboveaverageleadership.com, Click on blog. It's I think it's the very bottom one at this point. Um, but you'll, you'll see a old picture of my first deployment. So check that out. It's a good picture. Uh, yeah. Check out the YouTube videos. They're out there too. Yep. So 
it'll be short form short form versions of the podcast probably in the future again i'll get a little reboot so check that out and we will talk to you later absolutely bye bye